everyone, this is Mario Infantes, vocalist of Cult of Lilith, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, Sunny back here with another episode of Interview Under Fire. Mario, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. A big month ahead for you and the guys over at Cult of Lilith with the release of your debut album, Mara, coming out September 4th on Metal Blade Records. Congratulations on all that success. Before we get to that, I'm going to ask a very important question that's been overlooked the last five, six months. How are you? <laughs> how have things been for you and the guys as of late? You know, you know, how has everything been since our lives have changed? What, back in March to where we are now? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm as good as one can get, uh, given the circumstances, for sure. But, uh, I mean, you know, in Iceland, has it hasn't been a huge issue anyways. Like, uh, I think the death count is 12 people in the whole country. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, just to, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how, how many in the States already. In Spain, it was like 30,000. But, yeah, imagine, just 12 uh, people. In the state, that's you know, I, I I think we're actually at a fourth of the world's population uh, infected are, are in the states. Just to give you any, just to give you an idea. So it's it's bad. It's bad here. I'm safe here though. I'm in my home. You know, I'm already immune compromised, but I'm fine here. But I'm glad you guys are doing okay. Seems like everything's. I mean, more no. or less, more in control. We're fine, definitely. Uh, there are now there's uh, restrictions coming again because uh, the country opened the borders for tourists because the economy in this country is quite uh, tourist dependent. Of course. And uh, now we are having we're having sort of a second wave, but but it's all right. It's not as bad, you know. We can't complain. I mean, your second wave, it's. It I mean, compared to our sec, I don't even know if we're even in a second wave anymore. I don't know what wave we're in. It's just, it's just one constant wave. It's been just been up and down, up and down, and we don't know what's going to happen going forward. But that's a yeah. whole different conversation within itself. So I wanted to ask, you know, being at home a lot as of late, and like we we all are, how are you keeping up? You know, your vocals these days. Is it is it affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you lately, if at all? I'm assuming you live in a place where you can just crank it up and sing as loud as you want without the neighbors yelling. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm pretty lucky in this house actually. I can I can sing as loud as I as I want. And I don't know. For me, I would say the the biggest problem with my voice has always been stress. Like I feel that the stress would affect my vocal cords directly always. Yeah. So if I'm not a stress. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> and so, and we and, and Mara is filled with so many different kinds of vocal cords. Like I've heard so many different sides of you, so that's why I was. It's, it's an important question to ask when it comes to someone like yourself with just the amount of talent you have within that voice. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Like, uh, and actually, wow, back in the recording, I was pretty tough because uh, I had a problem in my lower back. I have a discarnation, and just before the recording, I was just laying down in a bed for a month. Like I couldn't even move. And after two weeks, I started recording. So yeah, the first two sessions of recording were pretty tough. Like I almost Man, lost ad my adulthood. But it came up pretty nice. I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the results for sure. But um, yeah, it's just technique. You know, that's how you keep it up. And 
I mean, uh, at the end, vocal technique, I would say that 70% of vocal technique is just about uh, health, you know? Yeah, very true. Tricks do not fuck your voice up, basically. Yeah, that's that. It's easier said than done. You know, does this <laughs> pandemic now? Now that you're home, you like we're talking about. Does it up? Does it open up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourself? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you spend way more time at home. You socialize less. You know. But to be honest, uh, quarantine is kind of a lifestyle in Iceland. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> honestly, I'm not. Nothing changed. <laughs> not too different. I didn't feel. I didn't feel such a huge difference when I was quarantined at home. You know, I, it was nice actually. I wasn't working. I have all the time in the world to read, to play video games, to watch all the movies I want to watch. You know, so it was. Uh, it was filled with. Uh, with entertainment, for sure. Of course, of course. And yeah, we, we a lot of the ideas we have for the promotion of the album, like videos and photo shoots, were conceived during this time. So I think I think for us, it's been a good time, you know. Because anyways, we were not playing, we were not planning to tour in these months. Now we were planning just to you know promote the album and Lola. So I would say. At least we, I didn't feel a negative effect, you know. I mean, on my job, because I'm a, I'm a SAS therapist, then, yeah, like, of mm-hmm. course, it affected me. I was off work for two months, but not artistically, at least, and not musically. Actually, I would, I would say it was a pretty good thing, actually. I mean, you because guys are busy. I, I, I mean, with the promotion of the new album. Yeah, exactly. And I just had more time to think about new ideas. I've been also thinking about uh, stuff for the next album, you know. I've been recording stuff at home, and I don't know, it's just, uh, it felt good, to be honest. Man, your first album isn't even out yet, and you're already getting started on your next one. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that's how you know the quarantine has been very productive. Yeah, and I mean, we can't tour at the moment anyway, so what very do you true. do? Buy new music, yeah? <laughs> yeah, n- now let's talk about Cult of Lilith, you know, the formation of it. I believe it was 2018 when you guys actually became the group you are right now. Uh-huh. Having having this being your debut album, let's talk about your guitarist, Daniel Hennison. I, I think that's how you say it. You know, yep. after 2016 Arcanum AP, which garnered the band attention throughout the local music scene, and is it Reykjavik? Is it how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. How did that recruitment go? How did... Daniel find you and or how did how did you find him and you know how did that well, come about know. the relationship you guys at right now it's a, it's a funny story actually um so you know when I, I have a I, I've been doing all kinds of music basically mostly metal though it's definitely my favorite thing to perform although I would you know I've been performing all kinds of music but when I moved to Iceland I was ready for something different you know because my old band was also metal and I posted on some musicians' Facebook group that I was looking for a band here in Reykjavik. And of course, a lot of bands contacted me. A lot of them were metal, you know. And I wasn't interested at that back, back at, the, at that moment because I was I wanted something different, you know. Then Daniel contacted me, and he showed me the EP. And I, I, at first, I said no because uh, <laughs> I, I was ready for something different, you know. Yeah. And he was like, okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna send you a couple of demos of the stuff we are doing now, you know, for Mara, basically. 
Uh, I mean, still, we we didn't know it was going to be named Mara. But yeah, he just sent me. A, right. uh, there, there you go. There's uh, some stuff that we are doing now, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and I I listened to that, and immediately I wrote him, and I was like, "Hey, I'm in." And so you had the same reaction I had when I listened to the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but only the only condition I gave to the band was. Uh, uh, like my condition is that I can do whatever I want with my voice. You know, if I want to yeah. use things, if I want to use different languages, if I want to do weird shit, and they were okay with it. So, <laughs> yeah. The other bands you're talking about is it is it Denia and Jotnar? Uh, it's the other, Jotnar. The other, Jotnar. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you still active with the other groups as well? No, 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 no. Yeah, you got Cult of Lilla taking up your tower schedule. Like, it's, exactly. it's very understandable. Uh, uh, I'm fully focused on this band. I mean, I mean honestly, I'm, I'm, I've been always in many bands at the, at the yeah. same time, you know. But this is the first time that I feel like devoting my time fully to one band. Yeah, well, sure. well, something that I'm curious about, you know, before we go into Mara, what is the music scene like in Reykjavik, you know, as far as metal is concerned? Because when well, it comes you know, to, because what you you see so many different metal communities grow throughout the entire world. Like I'm from Bangladesh, and there's a metal scene in Bangladesh in Dhaka, the capital. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't even know anything about that. But you but you know when it comes to something, a place like Iceland, a lot of you know it's a touristy place, of course. But when it comes to culture, you know I feel like when it comes to the underground culture, when it comes to metal and like hard rock and like just that realm of music, what is that like? Well, you know. Um... You'd be surprised, actually. The whole country is around 360,000 people, and uh, like almost two thirds of that live in Reykjavik. So <laughs> it's like 130,000 <laughs> people or something like that. But uh, yeah. to be such a small population, there's a very healthy metal scene, actually. You know, there's uh, there's so many good artists here. There's so many good musicians. Some of my favorite bands are from here, actually. Uh, I, uh, they're incredibly talented. I would say there's a very healthy scene going on here, for sure. I mean, being such a small population, you know, you can't compare it to the, to the scene in Berlin, for example, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're from it's, Spain, you know. That, that's a, I feel like that's a very different atmosphere. Absolutely. You know, you know to where you are right now. Is that correct? It's a completely different planet. Yeah, and you know, with Mara, I want to talk about this now. I promise we'll talk about this now. I know we've been talking about so no many problem. things. You know, Mara comes out, you know, September fourth on Metal Blade Records. You know, this is your debut album, man. Let me just tell you what I heard when I first heard it. My head was upside down. You can't see it right now. It's it's actually perfectly right now. But as I was hearing it, aside from metal, I, I heard jazz. I heard blues. I heard flamenco. I heard avant garde. I heard baroque. I heard classical. It's hauntingly raw and beautiful. How much, how much did things change when you first started writing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? Did a lot change did not, or not at all? Was there a specific sound you know you wanted to establish within Mara? Um, well, there were a few changes for sure. I mean, to begin with, most of the songs were written before I got into the band instrumentally, not the vocals. So, I mean, I guess the vocals did shape the songs differently, you know, for sure. They give them, uh, vocals gave them definitely a different taste. 
But uh, I mean, instrumentals were written be even before. I mean, most of them, not all the songs, but most of them were written before I joined the band. And uh, there was a good uh, fistful of songs that were written before I joined. But uh, yeah, I would say that a lot of stuff changed, even not only when we had the final version of the songs, you know, when you are in the recording studio, of course, new stuff will come up, you know, you start improvising, you start trying new stuff. And we, yeah, we change many songs, but but not, not the core of them, you know, like I would say that we knew what we wanted in every song, and then it was just details, you know, that would change. And then the the amazing production that Dave Otero did on the on the album just made it justice, you know. I'm so I'm so happy with that with this uh, engineer, honestly. Like he made justice to the stuff we wrote, also. Yeah, let's let's talk about Dave for a second because he's worked with Cattle Decapitation, Allegheon, and he I believe he also produced. Tetrarch's new record that's coming out in October. He's been a busy man, but having yeah. that, knowing his background, was there a sense of be, like the comfortableness, just knowing where he came from? Did that make it easier to know? Okay, we know what he's what he's capable of. Okay, this like this is how I'm going to react. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I have no idea. I mean, I listened to the I, I had listened to the Cattle Decapitations record, you know, but oh yeah, man. Like when I listened to the mix, I was like, fuck, I <laughs> this is this is way beyond my expectations, you know. So your so never... your head was upside down too. <laughs> oh my god, you have no idea, man. Like honestly, like, I, I've been I, I've done many albums before and i'm always not 100 satisfied with the results you know but this time i it's just it went way beyond my expectations you know and that and that's not that's not i don't know if you're a musician yourself but that's not easy you know i play find. i play i play violin and bass i i know you know okay. when it comes to classical and metal like i, I play both sides of it and and uh -huh. when i when i said like i was blown away by all the elements that you guys have incorporated within that sound i knew david otera had to be someone we had to talk about because he i can see how much of an influence how much of an impact he brought into cult of lilith's sound absolutely absolutely man we we couldn't be happier honestly now when it came to you guys tracked this in two studios, correct? It was done in Dutch Ice Productions, and a, what is that correct? This album was tracked in two studios. Uh, well, it was mostly in uh, in our drummer's basement, basically. Okay, okay, yeah. So we, <laughs> we did it. I mean, uh, he <laughs> did record in a studio. The the drummer, uh, he did record the drums in a studio that I can't remember the name of now. Sorry, I can't. I just can't remember. Is it, was it Dutch then, Ice Productions? I can't remember. Sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. Um, but it, it shows how busy you were. <laughs> That's a good thing. Now with Mana, I want to talk about the artwork you had. You brought in a uh, Illyrian Cantor. Is that how you say it? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yes. So he's also done Testament, Iced Earth, Sodom, some amazing art. To yeah. what? To what level? do you like to have a theme for your records? Because when I saw the album art, I felt like there was a specific theme. Because, And I guess how important are themes to you guys? Is that more about 
helping you guys write or sound, or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of bands, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10, th- 10 songs in the studio, and that's it, which is fine. But I feel like there's a specific target oh, you no. guys had. Yeah, it's definitely important for us. You know, the whole concept of the band, the figure of Lilith, you know. In this case, Mara is... Um, because we are, we're all fascinated with uh, Oneric world, you know, with the world of dreams and stuff. And then uh, Mara is how... Uh, is how the people in the medieval times called the sleep paralysis, you know. And it was supposed to be this demon that would set, sit in your chest and okay. it wouldn't let you awake, you know, basically. So um, we, and it's supposed to be one of Lilith demons or minions, you know. So uh, it, was, it was perfect for us. That concept, we started building up the different stories and there's a relation there's a connection in between each song of the album everything is connected to Lilith to the concept of Lilith to the concept of Mara and I mean each song works by itself it, it's a different story but they are somehow connected and yeah I would say definitely the, the concept of Lilith, it's, it's important for the band, you know, it's not just a name and, and we just keep writing shit mm-hmm. randomly, you know, everything is connected for sure. Everything has a meaning. And, and of course, the, the album cover wouldn't be less, you know, it's, it's also like, how do I say? I mean, Elidan, this guy just nailed down the concept, you know, in my opinion, like he just nailed down all the hints we gave him, all the you know clues and all the details we gave him about the concept of Lilith or um, the band, and he just fucking nailed it. He just, uh, I think, I think it's a very cool album, album cover for sure. Oh no, no doubt about that. When do you remember when I called out all those subgenres: jazz, blues, flamenco, avant-garde? Yeah. Like I, I felt like, like there's just so many elements within that art that just kind of, it's a way to tell the story without without words if, if that yeah. if that makes sense like when it comes to the album art i feel like it's very important when it comes to displaying the work for a band you know and you chose songs like purple tide and cosmic maelstrom as the singles why choose those particularly as the singles well uh it took us a long time to choose the first one you know the first song we would show the audience you know of the album but then it just made sense, you know, Cosmic starting with the harpsichord and then punching you right in the face, you know. And then Purple Tide was totally just a whole different song. I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Exactly. I guess Purple Tide is a more accessible song. I would say it has a chorus and it has some clings. It's a different rhythm. It's not that fast paced, I guess. And, and I, I just thought it was a bit more of an accessible song. And also, it's a fucking sick song. I like it. <laughs> I love I it. Uh, was, was, what was the biggest challenge recording Mara? You know, you had Dave Otero in the studio already. That's already a big influence. You know, you had, you had your bandmates, you know, Daniel, Christian, Samuel, uh, Kerton, is that how you say it? Yeah. You know, yeah, all those members in there. What was the biggest challenge for you guys? And I mean that by... The most positive way, not not a negative way, but sometimes challenges are a good thing. What was one thing that stood out? Your biggest takeaway from that? Well, in my in, in my personal case, it was you know this problem that I had just before the recording the vocals. I had this uh, lower back problem that fucked me up completely. 
that was probably my most difficult thing. But then I would say that uh, with the guys, because, you know, we all have our jobs, our daily jobs, basically. And then we devoted so so much time to recording this album. You know, we were almost for an entire year, we were devoting every single weekend to just being in the studio, you know? Yeah. So that, that would be... Uh, at times it would get tough, you know, and you're tired and you record something and then the next day you don't like it. You, you know how it goes, you know. Of course. And you know, it, was just a, it was just a very long process, uh, full of really good experiences, though. You know, it was, it was amazing, but uh, it was tough at times, you know, because, I mean, some weekends you would just like to rest, you know, and chill and because you've been working the whole week and then... You have to go to the studio, but I mean, we're doing what we love, you know, so. Yeah, I think that's very important. And staying busy during this time is a very challenging thing. And you guys have done that within a passion of art. And we talked about briefly your previous bands that you have been involved with. And even though this is your debut album, you have a lot of experience within the music realm. Have mm-hmm. your aspirations as a person or a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing music do you see things differently now absolutely absolutely you know when i was a kid or when i started in bands i mean i've been bands since i was 15 probably or something like that of course i I would be dreaming of you know being successful in music like getting your band getting famous and blah blah blah. but honestly after after my last band jotnar my only obsession or like my goal was making an album that I would enjoy truly, you know, 100%, that I would be 100% proud of it, you know, because before I would do albums with other bands and I'd be like, okay, this sounds okay, you know, this is good, but it's not exactly, you know, what I want. But this time, honestly, when I got the mix from Dave Otero, when I, because of course I was, I was afraid of not, liking the mix you know after all this work we've put in up with we've put in this album oh i really hope the mix is gonna be okay and when i heard the mix i was like fuck i had that uh mom i made it moment we're not expecting the metal like thing which you know which, you know it's been quite amazing for us but we like apart from all that that was my true successful moment you know when I heard the album and I said, okay, this is this is the direction I want to have, you know, music. This is what I want to do, exactly what I want to do. And this is how I want to sound, you know. Listen to everything you're saying. Just just think about this for a second, because this is Cult of Lilith's first album. And with the Metal Blade Records, you're talking about one of the higher ep- echelon record labels out there. You're raising yep. the bar high, man. Just think about what you're going to say your second album third album you know you don't don't put too much pressure on yourself uh, that's what i'm saying is that i am i, I am blown away by this album like i i, I don't think Thanks. i'll I, I don't think i'll ever just get one song just stuck in my head just like that it takes time and this is going to be talked about for years to come because you guys have broken barriers beyond you know just beyond anything any comprehension of what music is this is good this is, i i can't wait for this to come out and hopefully when things go back to normal, you guys can come to the states, and we can see you guys perform this live. And it's it's gonna be it's gonna be beyond anything I've ever imagined, man. And uh, 
it's been a pleasure. You know, you know, we're running out of time here, but Mario, man, was there any other shout outs you had? Anything you want to mention? Any any plugs just before we finish things off here? Well, just uh, I really hope that everyone give a chance to Mara. I know it's not the easiest album to listen to. I mean, you've listened to it. It's not super. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to listen to. You know, and, it's, it's and fans, super... you've you've heard it here first from me first. Just take it from my take it from me. It's it's an album you're gonna want to hear. You're gonna want to just shut everything off in your life and just give your time to this because it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> blow your mind. I thought I've heard everything. I thought I've heard everything, but then you guys drop this and it's just. That's what I love about just music, because people like you, talented people like you, continue to reinvent the game. You know, it's it's reinventing the sound, putting something new in, and and it's, you know, I don't mean to cut off, cut you off there, but I, I just wanted to put my oh, input in there. You know, I'm really grateful for your words, man. Honestly, thank you so much. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, I really hope that people give it a chance. You know, because it's not the typical album that would just get super easy into your ears, you know? It's uh, it's something that is, yeah. Uh, that, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Even and every, because I, think, I think it's pretty rich in many aspects. And I mean, it's the first time because I'm super critic of myself and I wouldn't be saying this, you know, if I didn't believe in it, like. Uh, definitely. So first time, I, I do believe this is, good shit <laughs> it is good shit and <laughs> everyone who's listening this is mario from cult of lilith their debut album mara dropped september 4th on metal blade records man um i can't urge you enough to buy this album support this band they'll be on the road as soon as you know in the states wherever you are right now you know just stay safe and they will be on the road as soon as possible and uh you can listen to this podcast on itunes spotify on all podcast streams Mario, thank you so much, man. Uh, we'll do this again in person when you guys come to the States, man. It's been a pleasure. You stay safe, bro. Same, man. See ya. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.